Before we get into today's podcast, a quick announcement for anyone who is listening to this before the 25th and 26th of January. We are hosting two virtual bootcamp events in collaboration with the University of Law, one for second slash third year law students on Tuesday the 25th of January and one for non-law students on Wednesday the 26th of January. If you want to find out how to make your law firm application shine, what you need to know about researching firms and commercial awareness, plus network with some top law firms, make sure you register. The links and more information will be in the podcast description. You're listening to the Law Careers Net podcast, a monthly podcast designed to give you everything you need to know about becoming a lawyer. Hello and welcome back to the Law Careers Net podcast, sponsored by the University of Law. And welcome to our first episode of 2022. We have got lots of exciting content coming up for you this year, interviews and conversations from all around the world of law. So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you can get our monthly episodes delivered straight to your podcast app. This episode is all about mooting. If you're new to a legal career, you might find the word mooting a little strange. I know I certainly didn't understand what that weird word meant at first. But as you'll find out today, mooting is a really valuable activity to get involved in, and it can really boost your confidence and help you along with your future career. I spoke to Nikesh Tawari and Sarah Nadia from the University of Bristol Law Club. Nikesh is the senior master of the moot, I know, another strange term to get used to, and Sarah won the 2020-2021 second year mooting competition at the Society. We chatted about what mooting is, how to develop your skills, and how to talk about mooting in your applications to legal employers. Nikesh offers some really good advice on that one. Over to my conversation with Nikesh and Sarah. All right, afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for coming for today's call. So a bit of introduction for myself. I am a third year law student. But in terms of all significance for today, I am the Senior Master of the MOOC for the University of Bristol Law Club. And I'm aiming to share my insights from an organizing perspective for today. Hi, um, my name is Sarah. Um, similarly to Nikesh, I'm a final year law student at the University of Bristol. Um, in terms of, I guess, my role here, I took part in both the first and second year mooting competitions for the UBLC. And I was the overall champion for the second year mooting competition. Great. So we've got kind of somebody who organised Moots here and someone who um, is an award winner for Moots. So it's kind of great to have both of your perspectives. So this episode is supposed to be served, uh, serving as an introduction to Mooting. So if we could start with you, Nikesh, if you could kind of explain to our listeners what exactly is Mooting and what does it mean? Well, when most people hear what Mooting involves, it's actually just more an idea or the terminology that normally gets thrown around is the idea that it's a fake court situation. So just going to elaborate more about what it means to be a fake court Essentially, what happens in these type of mooting competitions, we have around two to four people that participate and compete against each other and basically act out an actual court situation. So normally in court cases, when we experience different clients and the measures or issues that they present, sometimes they wish to appeal their matter. So when it comes to a mooting competition, you will be representing your client itself as either the appellant or the defendant in that regard and basically fight for your case apologies not for defendant but respondent 
and you're just going to be arguing on both points. So there's actually very different, there's quite a few components involved in a mooting competition, actually. The most point is that you'll be faced with a factual matrix where you're given a set of facts regarding your situation and how the court below had basically reached the judgment. However, from there, what actually happens is you need to start on your research and you need to create more or less a skeletal argument of the points they're going to do or what you're going to be saying towards the court. So that's the first component. The second component focuses more on you and your communicative skills. So just like in an actual court, you'll be presented before an, a judge. It could be someone from an academic or it could be an actual barrister or solicitor that will be judging you. And you're going to be presenting your case accordingly. So either as an, as an appellant, you'll be trying your best to fight for the matter or the appeal to proceed forward. Or as a respondent, trying to defend and let the judgment remain. So in this situation, it's really a test of how well you communicate and how well you address your point or your stance. And basically, this is general how, what mooting is like in most competitions throughout the UK or throughout the world as well. Great. Uh, and Sarah, how did you get involved in mooting? What kind of drew you to the skill? How I first even got introduced to what mooting was like was actually during my tertiary education. So before uni, I was involved in actually organising an advocacy competition, but I never had the courage to actually take part in it myself. I was still very unfamiliar with what mooting or what advocacy was. Then when I came to the first year of university, my senior actually encouraged me to take part in every and all competition and she emphasised on the importance of me joining the mooting competition. So that's where I thought that maybe I'll just give it a go. Um, I was still very nervous, very scared because I was, even though I organised the advocacy competition, I still wasn't confident in myself in taking part in mooting. So my senior just encouraged me and I just went for it. And two years later, here I am. And was it scary the first time that you did mooting? Oh, definitely so frightening. I remember during the first round, I was for the student judge even, and I was trembling. My hands could not stop shaking, but the judge just told me to calm down, just speak clearly, and I'll be fine. Yeah. And obviously now you're super confident and you've won moots, so <laughs> it went well. <laughs> yeah, lucky, lucky for me. <laughs> well thank you so much for that kind of introduction and Nikesh that was so interesting hearing the kind of different stages and you kind of mentioned how it's kind of a mock court system um so you know this kind of question is it seems a bit obvious but you know how can mooting help you progress in your legal career what skills you develop that will help you later down the line so how can mooting help you progress your legal career when we're looking at well nonetheless every student will look at it as another opportunity to put into their cv However, I think both of us here both agree that it goes way on beyond that. There are many soft skills that when you apply and when you do for these competitions help you move forward. So looking at the preparation of mood, the most obvious thing they can learn is the research skills involved. Because you're tackling issues that may or, not, may or may not be familiar to what you experience in your classes, it requires you to get out of your comfort zone and do more additional research to what you're used to. And in that regard, you look at yourself at new cases, you find new ways to improve your overall research skills. So that's one big component. The second big component when it comes at the preparatory stage is the idea of how to phrase and basically draft your arguments. So this is a time when you really will sit down, try and understand all the content presented before you. And just like a tailor, stitch your argument together so that's easy and enough to present it when you go before to the simulation court itself. However, one big component that even myself as a person who mooted previously 
and my partner Sarah can agree as well, is this big component about time management, which is an essential skill we believe is especially when moving on to your legal career. So when we talk about time management, one thing that really gets thrown at you is that these moving competitions, in our honest opinion, do take up a considerable time because you're doing additional research, then the preparatory work does take quite a bit of time. So you need to blend it at the same time with all your other commitments, well be it the actual work that you have in school or your societies, you need to tailor and weave this into your schedule as well. So time management is a very critical skill that helps in when you do these mooting competitions. And as we all are aware, in the legal career industry, we are always bombarded with many different deadlines and it's a very good skill to have to manage your time. So this is what I believe are the ways mooting can help you progress yourself in your legal career. Great. And Sarah, on the day during the actual moot, um, what are your thoughts on, on those, those skills that you can kind of take into your legal career? Yeah, so during the actual moot, uh, during the actual competition, I feel like you progressively gain confidence with the number of moots that you do. You be more confident in your argument, be more confident in pro- uh, producing and presenting your argument. Um, you also familiarise yourself with the process of who gets to speak first, um, how you respond to your uh, learned friends, um, you also get used to judicial intervention, which I feel that is very essential in court trials because um, judges tend to question you on certain aspects of your argument and what you have to do is you have to stand your ground, you have to believe in what you're talking about and I feel that that's very important and the more you practice on that, the more confident you will be when you are tackling your case. And now a short message from our podcast sponsor, the University of Law. The University of Law will help you reach your ambitions by delivering an outstanding academic and employment-focused experience, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. As soon as you begin your studies with the University of Law, you'll learn how to think and act like a lawyer. Whether your aspirations are in law or other fields, their courses will balance academic rigour and practical skills, so your career starts from day one. Find out more about studying at the University of Law with the link in the podcast description. So all of those skills that you've mentioned in terms of drafting skeleton arguments, researching, time management, you know, researching outside of your comfort zone, and then on the day, you know, thinking on your feet, being a good public speaker, um, all of those things are obviously key skills that people should be talking about and shouting about in the application form. So how exactly should mooters of any level talk about uh, mooting on application forms for either law firms or to barrister chambers? As we mentioned earlier, it's not just about putting it into a document. And I think a lot of students tend to just put in that, hey, I've achieved first in this competition, but they don't really go into depth of talking about the skills that they've learned from it. So when it comes to the skills and assessment, this is where your application really starts to shine. So when you look at situations where you really train yourself in your research and communicative skills, it's a very excellent opportunity for you to voice this out in your application process. So when it comes to this type of advice, when it comes to an application, don't just write for the sake of writing. Take a moment to reflect on what you've written, on what happened on that day, what was the work that you put in and put it into words. So this could be something as simply as saying as how you had to challenge your multiple deadlines and still handle the competition, which reflects how well you're good with managing your time. And communication skills, like my partner has mentioned, it is a good opportunity to say how well you're confident in speaking or argumenting your points. And when it comes to mooting as well, one fundamental detail is that you are fighting for a stance. And 
lawyers being argumentative people, as I mean, jokingly speaking, it's an excellent opportunity to show that you are firm with your decisions that you make. And from a judicial intervention standpoint, you can really show how well you're able to tailor or convince the judge in that situation to take your stance. And it's just all these little skills that each person can put into the application to really stand out from the other peers who have taken this competition but don't really reflect how well or what they've taken home from each and every one of them. Because I think a principle, even as an organizing person, needs to stand out is that it doesn't matter whether you win the competition, it is a matter of the values and skills that you learn from each and every one of them. Yeah, definitely. You don't have to have won loads of moots to kind of talk about it on your application form. Just getting involved and kind of trying it out will give you the experiences and skills to talk about on on the form, I'm sure. Sarah, so I I want to come back to you um, as someone who kind of started mooting and you said you were very nervous at at the beginning. How did you develop your confidence and your skills as you went through? Uh, I would say, um, honestly, the, the biggest reminder or the biggest advice that I would give is just to take it uh, step by step, ultimately, you you will get through it. So I feel that in my personal opinion, uh, based on my experiences, it's always the preparation that gets me the most nervous because you start to come up with all these scenarios in your head of how the mood might go, how bad it will go, the different questions that, will, that may stop you. But you can also take it in a positive light in a sense where you anticipate the questions that will uh, will be asked uh, during the mood and therefore you will prepare for those questions and left. And in turn, that would sort of build your confidence slowly because you know that you have um, looked at all the different aspects of how the mood can go wrong and tackle that step by step. Eventually, you know that you'll be well prepared and there's nothing for you to worry about. So preparation is key. Preparation is key. And just honestly, to just believe in yourself. As nervous as you may be, you know that you have prepared for it and there's really nothing for you to worry about. And it sounds like the more you do it, the more you're growing confidence. Um, So sometimes it's just a matter of just kind of getting started and trying it out. Yeah. Nikesh, any tips for novice mooters on how to develop their skills? I think one of the biggest tips as well is that the UPLC actually does provide different opportunities for them to tackle this matter. So one thing that we really stress as well is the UBLC Mooting Handbook, which provides a little guide of details for people who are new to mooting experience to basically find out how to form their own skeletal arguments. Because I do find it, even when I was participating in my first year, I did not know how to properly draft the skeletal arguments or how to properly convey court etiquette. So this handbook has been one of the most helpful tips. And even for participants this year, they find the handbook to be very useful. There are also opportunities within UBLC and I believe other societies as well. But from a UBLC standpoint, we do organize a masterclass in the start of the year. During these masterclass sessions, we invite previous winners or previous barristers to come down and basically teach them the good court etiquette and communication skills, as well as how to tailor and draft and even how to carry out research skills as well. So that's the one standpoint they can do to learn for a novice person. And from a personal level, one thing that I would like to stress is if given an opportunity for you to look at a court case or given during an internship or any opportunity that you get able to sit and physically watch or virtually watch a court session, just observe. So when it comes to observation, look at how the the barrister in that situation presents himself, how he articulates his points. And even when judicial intervention is done to him, how he diverts the point, arguments his point, or conveys the court his stands in that matter. So that's really one of the advices I can give for Norway's Muta. 
I know that UBLC runs a lot of internal competitions, but have you guys been involved in any external competitions? Yeah, so for UBLC side, we do actually organize, so we're in the midst actually of organizing external competitions. So we do have other universities such as the King College London in mind. And I believe there's also a project with UCL as well. These are two universities that we are reaching out to actually organize a because most of our mooting competitions are very long-winded. There's around four or five stages. For these external competitions, we are going to be selecting at least one team to versus the opposing school. And from that perspective, just is another opportunity for them to carry out a mooting experience outside of University of Bristol and learn and interact with people from throughout the UK as well. Sarah, could you share some tips that you've learned about mooting, some top tips? Top tips, I would say maybe uh, at the start, if this is your first time mooting, I would suggest to look up on various videos on examples of moot so you will at least get exposed to what mooting is first and foremost and i know that there are many videos on youtube for example of mock moots that many schools have uploaded so you can at least familiarize yourself get used to what mooting is get so basically get like a little introduction before you dive right in another thing i would say is to practice so what i do sometimes is once i've developed my argument i would actually write a script on what i want to present uh, during the mood and i would practice rereading my script over and over again just so that i can familiarize myself so that i don't go off tangent and so that in the event where the judicial intervention throws me off, I know exactly where I need to steer back so that I can present my argument as planned. And I would also advise to know your case very well so that uh, in the event where, like I said, the judicial intervention, if you get thrown off, um, usually the judge is just looking for you to be confident in your answer. And as long as you can present that very well, I think that you'll be fine. And Akesh, you did mention the things that uh, UBLC offers their members in terms of meeting, the workshops and the resources. But uh, is there anything else that you want to tell us about UBLC in terms of its meeting opportunities? There are also sessions where we have drop-in sessions for new mutas as well who are unable or have difficulty trying to formulate their argument. We don't directly give them the answer, but we do give them opportunities to voice out and from our capacity to advise them as well. So that's one excellent opportunity that's present for mutas as well. Great. So um, anybody can get involved with mooting. It doesn't matter if you're completely new to it and your law society at your own university will probably be running some kind of mooting opportunities for you uh, and hopefully running things such as UBLC do in terms of workshops and kind of masterclasses and also providing resources to help people get started in mooting. To add on to that as well, it's actually, it's not just limited to law students as well. So having organised the third year and postgrad competition, surprisingly, we had quite a big turnout for a lot of members who were non-law students as well. So we had students who were from history, geography as well, who participated in the competition. And though they did not have the experience or the knowledge as a law student, these sessions were very insightful for them because it really helped them understand more about how the legal industry or legal arguments are worked. And I am proud to say that quite a few of them have actually proceeded into later rounds as well. And can anybody just turn up and watch a moot? Uh, it's actually dependent on the situation at hand, but due to COVID restrictions at this measure, we have limited the opportunities available. However, we do have our finals coming up in March onwards, and it is open for everyone who's able to attend on a first-come, first-served basis. And if they choose to attend, they will be able to see 
the competition happen in the Lady Hale Moon Court, which is an actual simulated court that's going to be present. I've been there. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really nice room to actually be there. And it's one of the one of our grand highlights when it comes to the mooting competitions. We also will be having our sponsorship firm, HSF, coming down to judge the event as well. And it's just going to be a great opportunity if you're, if you're free in March. The dates will be posted on the UBLC's newsletter and Instagram page. So closer to the date, do sign up and attend for that. And this will be the top people. These are our main finalists who will be presenting. So it'll be a very exciting and learning opportunity for anyone who attends. That's great. And so anybody who's kind of vaguely interested or wants to get involved, definitely um, make the most of these opportunities. Just come along and watch and see the masters in action um, and hopefully be inspired to start meeting yourself. Thanks again to Nikesh and Sarah for sharing their experiences and advice. It was great to hear from current students who are passionate about developing and getting involved in mooting. We've got lots of resources and more information on Law Careers Net about mooting, so make sure to check those out if you're interested in finding out more. And that's it for this month's episode. We'll be back next month with another episode. If you have any suggestions for topics we should be covering or people we should be speaking to, drop us an email or DM us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time.